green diva's heart wildlife. Who can resist all those videos and images of adorable baby animals? But sometimes these adorable creatures really need our help. Let's celebrate wild animals, learn about them, and do what we can to help them. I am always happy to be talking with John Platt, who is the editor of The Revelator, which is a publication of the Center for Biological Diversity. And uh, John, he's been writing this column for a long time, Extinction Countdown. Did I get that right, John? That's correct. Okay. And anyway, so... I just have been following John, and we've been happy to have John on as kind of our regular GD wildlife dude. And he often has good news, but but sometimes, you know, there's not such good news, which is why he started probably paying attention to this kind of stuff a while back. So there's not such good news. Right, right. So there's not such good news about muscles, and I don't mean, you know, muscle men and the gym. Well, we're talking about freshwater mussels, which are kind of like clams or other things like that. They have a shell. They have an invertebrate body, but uh, they're in bad bad shape. The, The United States has hundreds of unique mussel species, more than 300. And they live in our rivers and streams, and well, our rivers and streams aren't doing that well. Um, in fact, you know, it doesn't take much—a little bit of pollution, a little bit of habitat loss, a little bit of water flow change—and these these very important creatures are disappearing. And many of these uh, unique mussel species here in the United States, especially in the Southeast, are vanishing either endangered some are missing haven't been seen in years some there might only be one or two and they're maybe like two males or two females and they don't you know hey can we still get them to breed i don't know um and and these 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 play very important roles in the ecosystem first of all they're food for a lot of creatures secondly they filter the water they 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 breathe it in and they clean it and they suck it back out so it's an important role in keeping our rivers and our streams and our our bays it it the chemicals ammonia whatever the case might be it doesn't take much they are very sensitive to environmental change environmental differences and it builds up and you know if it if it's affecting and killing them we ought to be a little concerned about what it's doing to us yeah right it's really interesting because mussels, you know, I just talked about the two males or the two females, but they can't actually breed on their own. A male releases his sperm into the water. The female catches it in the breeze and in the, in the flow, uh, creates some eggs. And then they need to wait for a fish to swim by. They grab the fish, put the, the fertilized eggs in their mouths or gills. The fish swims away carrying these tiny, tiny muscles until they weren't grown enough to survive on their own. So it's this weird, symbiotic, slightly parasitic relationship. So not only do you need the water, but you need to have plenty of fish to, to complete the cycle. And most mussels rely on just a handful of fish species or one specific fish species. It's not just that just any one fish will do. It's a very unique relationship. So wow. as the cards fall apart of this complex deck of cards or, or whatever, then uh, then these species are in a lot of trouble. Wait a minute. Like who knew how intricate and like, you know, very 
delicate this little dance is of reproduction for a muscle. I'm, I'm, yeah. I would have never even thought about it, see? So this is why we need Never to. once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scientists are trying to figure out now how to do some propagation in captivity, which, you know, if they can get the right fish, if they can get the right muscles together at the right place at the right time, great. There are species where there are only a couple, but if they can get a fertilization, they could suddenly end up with 500 to 1,000 new young mussels, and that could theoretically save a species. And if you save the species, hey, maybe theoretically you can save some of these rivers they used to be in too, just by cleaning up the water. Right, right, right. And then, of course, yeah, your waterfowl or uh, whoever is in that the food chain becomes healthier and stronger. Birds, raccoons, yeah. etc. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, some some of these mussels, they really just kind of look like rocks. They don't move around a lot, but a lot of them are really beautiful. Their shells are just intricate, weird things. They have – scientists love giving them bizarre names, <laughs> like the the, or, the orange foot pimple, pimple back or the Higgins eye curly muscle. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to have a coughing fit. The, Wait a minute, or, the, the orange – Back pimpleback, the what? orange foot, orange foot pimpleback, oh my or the God. purple bean, or the <laughs> Hagen's eye pearl mussel, or the pink mucket. You know, these are really weird and unusual species, and they just have a great value just because of the fact that they exist. But then you add in what they do for us; it's even better. Well, yeah, I think sometimes we just don't realize that everything really has its place in the whole ecosystem, and it's all important. It's like the little bee. So many people still don't realize how important a bee and the bee population is to right to the entire ecosystem, including our food system. So, and, ju- and just the species of bees, each one has a different role. The local flowers might depend on a specific bee for pollination, it's all unique, and it's not just any bee will do. It's uh, it's all a complex system. As you're talking about the potential to propagate and help along the muscles, I just think to myself, like, can we really prop up all these species that, that are suffering? And, and does that actually ultimately have a negative effect on the ecosystem if we're always monkeying around with one thing? And Well, there... Sure, there have been implications from from every every time you try something, there's the chance of something to go wrong. We've introduced new species to take care of invasive species. Those invasive spe- those species have become invasive on their own. You look at Australia, where that's become a massive problem with the cane toads and the rabbits. And but it's important. It's important more than anything to try. We if we cause the problem, it's our responsibility to try to correct it and do the best we can. And with mussels, you know, there are some species we don't know a heck of a lot about, but we can do it. And what's, what's the ultimate cost of saving a mussel? They don't, they don't move around. They stay in one place their entire lives. You get cleaner water. You get more fish. It's a win, 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 and probably eight more wins. Yeah. No, I'm on board with it. I totally am. But I, I just asked the question because I know – in some, like in suburban areas, and now we're getting off on a whole nother topic, but, you know, where we've definitely impacted negatively uh, wildlife, whether it's the fox, the bear, sure. the turkeys, and they're struggling to try to survive, and then they're, you know, eating our bushes, and we're yelling at them, don't do that, and, 
you know, not interacting well with the bear necessarily or whatever. And then I feel so bad. Like it's it's our fault that they're all struggling. That's true. Yeah. And they were here first. And they were here first, right? So can you imagine being a bear and you're like, wait, why is that house in my path, you know, between me and my river? We're just going to ignore me. <laughs> it's a bummer for the muscles, but at least people are trying, and it sounds like there might be some hope. I I believe that some species are going to be in a lot of trouble, and others we're going to make a huge amount of progress. Well, you'll keep us posted about the plight of the muscles. I sure will. <laughs> Thanks so much, John. And, and so, folks, if you want to go find out more, John, tell them how they can read this article and learn about some others. Sure. You can go to therevelator.org for all our articles about wildlife, climate change, pollution, the Trump administration. Uh, we run journalism as well as idea pieces, essays, and, and op-eds from people who have some really interesting ideas on how to make the world a better place. And again, it's at, that's at therevelator.org. You can also find us through the Center for Biological Diversity's website or through Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. Thank you, Meg. Thanks for listening to this episode of Green Divas Heart Wildlife. Please visit thegreendivas.com, that's T-H-E, greendivas.com, to learn more about wildlife, nature, and a whole lot more.